And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hulk. Two big wins for the Tar Heels. Super excited about this episode. Uh, like always, we're going to have a lot of drama, a ton of action, and an amazing pod for you guys. A lot going on, Big Hawk. We uh, look like shit, then we look great, then we look like shit again. Uh, we'll get into kind of how mercurial the um, Tar Heels have been. Uh, I still think we're tournament bound, even though some people were talking about us being on the bubble. I think Virginia Tech helped that out a lot. Um, also getting some flack from from the uh, some of our fans about Sleep Dog picking the heels to lose in back-to-back games. I'm going to explain. Like, uh, clearly, some of you just follow us on Instagram and never listen to the show and understand what's going on there. The dunk contest was awful. Uh, Steph had 50 in the All-Star game. Jawan Howard freaking sucker punched the other coach. There's a lot of NFL trade rumors. Uh, I'm wondering if baseball is doing us a favor by just not playing. Um and yeah, just some pop culture potentially to get into. Uh, but yeah, let's start with the heels, man. We um, look great in our, our most recent wins. Our, uh, well, great might be an overstatement. We won, which is great. But what were your thoughts, Big Hawk? Well, uh, obviously, the Big Hawk likes it anytime we win, uh, period. So we'll just start it off. Um, we can go all the way back to uh, Pitt at home, and that was a really disappointing loss for a lot of people. Uh, I just felt like one of those things where we just come out and we complete no-show. It just looked like from the TV, the lack of effort and the energy just wasn't brought on that night, and we got a thumping. And we're not talented enough. Really, no one's talented enough just to have an off night in ACC. And we don't deserve to win when we play like that, period. No one does. So I was really concerned about the Virginia Tech game uh, going into Blacksburg and, you know, what what team is going to show up. And I was a little pessimistic. Uh, I wasn't too excited about that one. Uh, sleep knows uh, anytime we go to Virginia – doesn't really like it. But we went up there, and we got a big win. Uh, it was huge. Uh, the team showed a lot of heart. I think Caleb made some big shots. And people, you know, this team is – this team has flashes of being good. And then we, you know, went home against uh, Louisville recently, and we got a dub. We got two two wins in a row, and that's big time. And I will say right now – Every game is a big game. It doesn't matter who we're playing right now. We need wins to build the resume. Also, we need wins at this point in the season uh, because we just need some confidence. And we need uh, to get our confidence going. We need that chemistry. And, you know, it just – and I'm not really sure how well this team handles success because it seems like once they get things going, we just get grounded and humbled. And, you know, it it gets a little frustrating. And I think the one thing that – you know, as fans, we want to see is energy, effort, and we want to get into the game. And it's hard to do that when sometimes we feel like guys complete no-shows. Last night watching the game, I think somebody came in off the bench and really gave us, you know, good quality minutes. And it wasn't big on the stat sheet. It wasn't anything he did. What he did, he came out and played with energy, and that's Puff. I really like what Puff did. And, 
you know, it's what this team needs. You know, maybe that's what we're lacking is a leadership from the aspect of somebody's going to go out there and do the blue collar work. And I like to see Puff come in there and do that. And I know our our bench and our rotations have been a little tighter than normal. Um, but if, if somebody on that bench can step up and prove that, I think they will get significant minutes and this team needs it. Um, but last night, just like every night, I'm not really big on our assist to turnover ratio. Uh, you talk about it. Our next two, you know, against Louisville, um, against Pitt, I'm not sure what we are uh, at Virginia Tech, but we'll just say, I mean, against Pitt, assist 13, turnover 13. So, I mean, we had the same amount of turnovers as assists. That's not real good. Last night, we had 12 assists and 13 turnovers. We talked about it early on. The key to this team is turnovers and taking care of the ball and taking quality shots and getting high assists because that shows chemistry. It also shows um, shot quality and guys working with each other. If we can really improve that, I think it would turn a lot of things around. And I would love to see guys give more energy. And also a big thing for me, sleep, is I would say quality shots from the aspect of getting easy shots, talking Mm -hmm. about running the floor, getting open layups, uh, duck-ins. And the one guy that stepped up is, it seems like Brady Manick has really come into, uh, you know, a really good player for us and been kind of dependable and willing to take those big shots and actually quality shots. Uh, but that's my rant sleep. I would love to know what you think and where you stand on this. And I know a lot of Tar Heel fans out there are trying to make a sense of this. Are we a good team? You know, who's all frustrated? We're a better team than what our feelings uh, say right now. I will tell you that. We're, we seem pretty down, but this team can show flashes. They can turn it around. Uh, we got two good wins, uh, and we'll see. I mean, this team just got to make a committed effort. Yeah, 13 assists, 15 turnovers. Uh, Virginia Tech to somehow we still won that game. But anyway, um, I've been listening to, I was telling you this, man, I've been listening to uh, Pat McAfee and I really like not a podcast guy, believe it or not. We started his podcast and I listened to a couple other podcasts because I had a couple long road trips lately. And when I started to realize like, you should, you guys should see me when we're, when we're recording these things, man, I'm like freaking out, like trying to get everything like, and then I listen to some of these and these guys like knock the microphone over or they do all this stuff and like, it's fine. Like there's nobody, nobody says shit and they just keep going. So, um, I'm going to relax a little bit. I mean, this dude, these people are starting to come up with. Uh, you know, some big numbers here and, you know, their shit ain't perfect. Uh, anyway, that's my rant. So I figured <laughs> out, dude, <laughs> all that is to get to, like, I figured out the Tar Heels because they're literally one of the most frustrating teams in the history of sports, I think, is because sometimes they go out and they play great. And then sometimes they go out and they play like shit. And there's really no, like, in between. Like, even though they win games, lose games, like, you can't – I don't – that's not a good barometer for me. I mean, in general, every game that we've lost since Purdue, maybe, we just played like shit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we had – Purdue was a good was, – was probably our only loss, I think, that was – against a team that was better than us and we played well and we lost. And in all the other losses we play like shit. And there's very few games. There's a few games like like the the Louisville games, both of them, you know, we didn't play great, but we wound up winning, right? But it but dude, you've played golf with me. Oh, what do you think my best score of all time is? Low 80s. Low 80s. That's accurate. What do you think my worst score of all time is? It's guys, it would be 150 plus. <laughs> and 
Could those happen on, say, one happens on Tuesday and the other one happens on Saturday? I agree. Absolutely. They could. They usually do. So I started thinking about this the other day, and I was like, the only thing I can relate the Tar Heels to is like me when I play golf, because I'm not the shittiest golfer you've ever seen. Unless you see me on the 150 day. And then it's just like, dude, my head's not in it. I can't constantly. I mean, I go from like a birdie putt to trying to break, you know, the headlights out of the golf cart with $500 driver that, by the way, I don't need. Uh, it doesn't help. Don't have a 500. The drivers are only $500 about 15 minutes. And then them suckers about, it's like a used car. Um, that's the only thing I can think of, dude, is there's, there's all the analysis you want to do on this team. Um, you know, it's like they show up one night, they play well, they show up another night, and they're a totally different team. And one of the consistent things that I think is like when they play defense, we're in games. And then the other thing that I noticed that we struggle with is obviously the offense runs through Baycott, and, and rightfully so. Why wouldn't it? He's, he is one of the best um, statistical players in the country. Whether you want to put it, you know, whether you want to, um, you know, hang that on the fact that ACC is having down your whatever, he's a great player. And so anytime they can kind of, play to him, double him, and, and really, I mean, he always produces. Mm-hmm. But anytime they can focus on him and force him to have a tough night, take bad shots, or, or at least take shots deep into the shot clock, this is where I'm getting with this. Um, you know, it forces – if our team's playing – not playing well in the perimeter, not shooting well, for example, like it really puts a lot of pressure on the shooters to shoot when, you know, they deny the ball, the entry down low. And so it, it – and I think – that that pressure just sort of snowballs, right? And you start seeing guys take bad shots, or even they take good shots and they don't have confidence they can make those shots. I think that's one thing we struggle with. And the other thing that we struggle with, uh, defensively, I, I mentioned that, and there was some other idea that I – oh, so a lot of times, too, when they're struggling, what winds up happening is, you know, they're, they're – they're, on one hand, they're kind of being patient trying to get the ball, you know, down low or wherever, wherever it is to get an open shot. But a lot of times I see, you know, shot clock's winding down, and you got either RJ or usually it's Love out near the top of the key or beyond it, uh, you know, kind of waiting to start the offense with seven seconds on the shot clock. I get that, you know, there's an offense run, that sort of stuff. The thing that, that strikes me as kind of a novice is I don't think these guys always understand that, you know, being aggressive means being aggressive early in the shot clock. And if you are literally pushing the issue, and, you know, obviously you want to get good shots, but I think the closer you get to the rim, more often than not, the better the shot is. And by forcing the issue and getting to the basket, even if it's not that perfect shot that I think that all these kids are looking for, right? They're waiting for the offense to give them some, like, wide-open look. Um, I don't think that, that they're, they're cognizant, and maybe this is a sign of youth, of the fact that if you continue to do that, it creates more possessions over the course of the game. Right. So like all these possessions where we're six, seven seconds into the shot clock and we haven't gotten the ball inside the three point line yet. um, Not only are we more likely to take a bad shot or even if it's a close shot, we've forced it. But we're denying ourselves another possession at some point down the game um, when the team, you know, opponents more tired or or what have you. And and that that was just something that I was just trying to, you know, break apart when I'm watching. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm not a coach. But I, you know, it, it is when I see those guys. You know, moving the ball around the perimeter and not moving inside the perimeter until, you know, there's single digits on the shot clock. That's one of the things that I just mm-hmm. hypothesized could be really helpful if we could start to and that's being aggressive is dude being aggressive start to finish. And when you yep. this is what I'm in my rant on this, is like when you look at the great teams, they were they were fast break teams and and we're not that anymore. And 
um, you know, part of part of the reason being a fa- that forces that mentality of being aggressive. And I don't think it's just a Carolina issue. You see it in in, in college a ton. Yeah. The guys with the super athletic players are uh, win because the super athletic players are like a predator on the floor and they're aggressive. They're going to get their shot. They're trying to make a highlight reel. And our guys are looking for the perfect shot. And you can't do that every game. So. Perfect podcast, perfect shot. That's my tie-in. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Sleep. So no, you, you make a great point, and what you're, what I take away from that is, we're missing easy buckets. Like when you watch this team play, it seems like, you know, where are the easy layups that we usually see? And you know, this team doesn't run. I, th- I see the effort. It's not a running team like Coach Williams style. I think that's one thing that mm-hmm. Hubert's kind of done is um, modernize the 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 offense. But I think what we're used to seeing is once you do that is more movement. The ball doesn't have to go inside traditionally like you have a big. He ducks right. in. We pass the ball down low. The ball hits the paint, and we all work through him. No, you can penetrate. You can pitch. You can draw the defense in. You can dribble the ball inside. That's one yep. form. You can make cuts. And once you get the ball inside, doesn't mean you're you're uh, obligated to shoot the ball. You can look out for pitch, and I think that's what it is when the when the help side gets sucked in, mm-hmm. and you penetrate the ball inside um, the paint area, and you have the defense collapse. That's your time to pitch out, and that's when you get the three and that's what more modernized basketball that everyone's everyone's kind of seen across the board uh that's where those high percentage shot comes from uh comes from and that's also where the analytics uh say that hey you take more of those shots then over time those shots are going to be better than the contested twos or the mid-range twos now a lot of that is up the debate and there's a lot of flaws in that system but that is that is like the principle that analytics have brought to the game uh, from one big time uh, impact that you see all over. But, you know, sleep, the thing that I see that, uh, you know, I would like to see more of is that blue collar play. Mm-hmm. And I want to see more passion. And, you know, no one's no one's out here trying to make a commitment to perfection, okay? I don't think that's ever been the goal, and I don't think anyone has ever said, this team has to win a championship, okay? And as a fan, uh, I'm a fan now, so I mm-hmm. watch the games. Mm-hmm. I'm removed. I don't go to watch the practices. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just like you guys. Um, and, you know, what I'd like to see is guys play with passion and having fun. Don't put your head down if you make a mistake. Get back. Run back on defense. Impact the game on a positive way. And that's why when Puff checked out, listen, Puff didn't break any records last night. We're not going to hang Puff's jersey in the rafters because of what he did against um, Louisville. What happened was everyone stood up and clapped mm-hmm. for him because mm-hmm. he went in there and he made a difference. Yep. Okay, he was diving on the floor. Okay, he was he attacked the he attacked the basket. He got the ball, pushed it in the break, almost had an and one. The whole floor was brought to their feet, and that's the type of plays we want to see uh, happen. We want to see guys exhausted because they're working hard, making blue collar, boxing out, doing all the little things that make a big difference in a basketball game, and. If that if this team does that, there's no team in the country that we can't compete and can't play with. And you know, I know everyone's down, and we probably don't have 
the talent, like the historic great mm-hmm. teams from UNC. But we can make a we can make a run, and I believe, and the team has to do that. But they have to do a lot of things uh, themselves, and it's easier said than done. And you know, I'm not part of <laughs> I'm not part of it. Sleep, yeah. But uh, you know, I I still have faith, and uh, I know we got a big one coming up next week, and we'll talk about that next week. But uh, I think everyone's pissed off about what happened with Duke, and I, it's not going to take away the fact what happened in the Smith Center. But if we go and hand K and L on his final game, he's going to coach in Cameron. That would be catastrophic. That would be great for all Tar Heel fans. We could talk a lot of shit for a long time mm-hmm. on that, and uh, I would love to see that. Um, I know Caleb's. You know he's he's done some big things over there, and you know I I believe I believe it can happen, and I don't care what anybody says, but that team has to stay within themselves and believe in themselves and not listen to people like me or anybody outside that locker room. Absolutely, man, and and Duke's lost the fucking worst teams this year. You know we're twenty and eight. We're third in the ACC. You win against State. You win against Syracuse, both toward the bottom of the league. You've won 22 games in the regular season. I mean, that's not a bad season. Um, You win a couple games in the ACC tournament, and even if you can win a couple games in in March uh, in the NCAA tournament – uh, you know, you you're closing in on uh, you know you win more than 25 games and you lose 11 or 12. Like when it's all shakes out, that's not winning anything. That's not beating Duke. That's not winning the ACC championship. That's mm-hmm. not winning the national championship. You won 25 plus games and you lose 12. Like that's a pretty good season for anybody. It's not a good season for us by our standard. But this team is 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 not bad. You know, they're not good, great, whatever you want to lay on that. Right? They're not consistently good but they've also scored 100 points a couple times and they flirted with it a few other times like this team has the potential the thing it is is i look at these box scores man and the man they're thin um beyond the starting five man you're just getting no minutes from anybody else you still have to remember that you know uh, garcia and harris are out uh and and who are we talking about man pop johnson he scored he plays 13 minutes makes two free throws and he's the guy that we kind of come out of that thinking like man this dude is like the fire starter and and those you know this is cliche to say stuff doesn't show up in the box score well it fucking doesn't man like he's Mm -hmm. the guy that kind of reminds everybody of who we are Right. And that, and of course, his brother's there, which is awesome. Right. Because that's where, uh, you know, it it hypes everybody up and all that sort of stuff. But like, we need that. We have to have heart. And you're not going to beat Duke without that. Right. You've got to at least bring it, you know, um, on the 5th of March. But to your point, you know, we got, you say it over and over again. We start looking ahead. What did I say after we lost Duke last time? Hey, we should be favoring all these games. If we went out, we're just fine. Win, win, and lose to friggin' Pittsburgh, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to pay attention. You got to stay up. You got to stay motivated. And uh, you can't just look forward to the big games on the schedule and overlook these other guys because every time they play UNC, they're coming for you, yep. right? And we always know that. And, and um, you know, but again, to, to the point about – what we say about the team, you're exactly right. I mean, in my opinion, any criticism I ever give of UNC comes from a place of like, I am a diehard fan. And no one in any sport, I am a diehard Washington Commanders fan. They suck. And I'm going to tell you about it. I'm a diehard New York Mets fan. They suck. And I'm going to tell you about it. I'm a diehard Tar Heels fan. And sometimes we suck. And I'm going to tell you about it. But most of the time, we're good. They're my only salvation. So it all comes from a place of like, just wanting 
to be better from a spot where I can't influence anything other than give my opinion, which matters, should matter to no one. And I know it doesn't matter to anyone that does matter. So yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we just, uh, you know, this team just got to hang in there and everybody's, everybody's O and O when you start the tournament, dude, if this team gets to the sweet 16, it is literally one of the best seasons, you know, Hubert will, you know, catapult himself into, you know, recruiting and, and all that sort of stuff that comes along with, 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 sustainability in the position and and you know i i like where we're at from that perspective yeah i think that's well said sleep and i agree with you um i mean i can back it up there's nobody that loves unc more than sleep we love it uh you know i'm always pulling for the guys i'm always pulling for the team um but it's going to be exciting and we'll see what happens i think you know every one of us is <laughs> we've been through a bag of emotions this year mm. And, uh, you know, we we were drugged down to the depths of the dark sea <laughs> against Duke, and uh, I had a front row seat right there at the scores table. And let me tell you guys, it was ugly there too. <laughs> and But uh, you can't leave. You can't leave for the exit when you're sitting there. But uh, <laughs> never do I leave the game early. That's a big thing for Coach Williams, so I respect that, and I won't do it. Well, who did leave early? We'll get to this in a second, but I don't know if you saw um – Gosh, who was it? Somebody got up and left at the dunk. Oh, it was Kareem during the dunk contest. We're going to talk about that in a second. At one point, he just got up and left. Uh, one thing I'll say about Sleep Dog's uh, predictions. Guys, if, you've, if you're new to the podcast, thank you for listening. Um, but when I go on, and first of all, like just think about how insane it is for me and Big Hawk to just predict us to win every single game, right? Like we will. We want to win every single game. Right, but you got to pick and choose your battles. And, and guys, every time I pick us to lose, we win. Like that's the thing here: football, basketball, make bets. Everything that we suggest, the opposite happens. So when I'm talking about us getting drubbed by twenty, read between the lines, people. You're going to ruin the magic by calling me out on it, and then I'm going to start picking us to win. And guess what's going to happen? The opposite. That's right. So just bear with me, people. Like I love the Tar Heels. So when I say we're going to lose. Think, guys. Think critically about it. Guys, Sleep wants us to win. I mean, and another thing is, even if he thinks we're going to lose, he's still pulling for us to win. Yeah. I mean, it's too, I mean, at least he's honest. I mean, keep us honest, Sleep. I mean, it's not really, you know, you're not really being honest, but uh, <laughs> at least if you were to actually think we're going to lose, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. So, like, if I start just hammering the under, uh, the L's for the rest of the season, guys, it's, it's for a higher deeper meaning a higher cause right i'm doing it for something bigger than myself man i'm a team player um dunk contest speaking of tar heels cole anthony was in there and i'm i'm gonna give you the god's honest truth that dunk contest was no bueno um cole first of all surprised he was even in there love cole anthony great for him but dude come on you ain't got eight better dunkers than cole anthony in the national basketball association <laughs> i get that the superstars don't do it anymore and that's part of the problem with it my thing is he gives in there he puts on timberlands it's a whole New York vibe. His dad played in New York. I think that he's from there, right? Yeah. Like, so cool. Dude, I'm all in for it. I think it was nice storyline. I, I didn't get to see much of the contest, but the same thing is like affecting the contest where like now they're dunking over and over and over and over until they make one. And it's a, just a disaster. It was getting drug on social media, NBA, ESPN, Sports Center, like all this stuff. All they play are like these slow mo highlights from 19 different angles of the one dunk that the guy made and make it look like this glorious thing. Dude, the dunk contest is broken. Mm -hmm. And 
There's no way to fix it without superstars. I understand why superstars aren't participating. You're not going to get LeBron James ever to participate, the, the LeBron James, again, Giannis or whomever, because there's just too much risk there, right? Yeah. I mean, this guy comes down, breaks his ankle. Dude, He's it used to be like Jordan was in it. Jordan's contract was probably worth $100,000. Giannis goes out there and, 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 and comes down, rolls his ankle. He's Dude, he's got a $200 million contract mm-hmm. or some shit. Like, I, I understand what they're not. So here's what you got to do. You got to go back to Sleep Dog's idea of you got to let normal people participate in this, right? It could literally be, do you see, you see these videos on Instagram of these kids or or whomever that are incredible dunkers? Like who gives a shit? All, All respect to anybody that's in the NBA. But who gives a shit if Obi Toppin is in the NBA versus some playground dude with an Instagram account? The game is changing. Put four guys from the NBA against four dudes from the playground and see if it doesn't, you know, light it up, dude. Remember and one basketball? Dude, people love that stuff because it was just regular dudes just doing like street shit. Mm-hmm. And I just think that there's there's credibility to it. And then I think from the three-point contest thing, you could do the same thing. <laughs> and then you see in that regard, you get one of two things happen. Either you get surprised in the dunk contest by somebody that ain't in the NBA but just very good at dunking in a three-point contest. Like, could you imagine me against, like, Steph Curry in the three-point contest? I mean, it would be hilarious, dude. Like, I'm up here trying – and and what you got to do is you got to team me up with an NBA guy. Mm-hmm. So Steph Curry's like, dude, I know you can make 30 in a row, but can you win with Sleep Dog? That's how legends are made. Like, you got to pull up your teammate and some shitbag like me gets out there just building a house – can you still win then? Like, how good are you? And that's that. I think that's your answer for a lot of these skills things at All Star Weekend because it's fun. The stars are all there, but there's just really no way to showcase them. Sleep the the dunk contest sucks. Uh, let's just call it like it's been is. good since Vince Carter had last good dunk and dunk contest. The last, well, Vince Carter was great. Dominique Wilkins was great. Muggsy Bowes was great. Jordan was great. And the last one, I Spud re- Webb. I don't think Muggsy Bogues was ever in it. Spud Webb. Yeah, you're right. Um, but the uh, the uh, the one that I can recently think of is Dwight Howard and Nate Robinson is a last significant dunk contest where everybody started talking and it got a little fishy after that. It was too much theatrics. Okay, yeah. let's 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 um okay let's make this thing basic again. Okay, uh, the kid from Wake, I don't even know what his name that tried to jump over an airplane last year. Uh, <laughs> that guy. I man, a lot of fans probably needed counseling after what they would just witness. That was so bad. Um, I will say this: um, I love your idea, and I would love to see some of these crazy athletes that everyone sees on Insta if they can come out here and compete against uh, NBA players in the dunk contest. I think it add a whole new dynamic, and also you get to see what people are really about when you have thirty thousand people watching. You put yourself on national TV. There's a lot of X factors if you never had that. Uh, that feeling or to know that that's going to happen. Uh, a lot of weird stuff can happen. Um, but yeah, you're right. Sleep. I'm out on the dunk contest. The whole thing sucks. Also the skills thing. I mean, really, you think that's really entertaining. Yeah. I think it's really cool, but, and you know, that's, I mean, the best part of the whole all-star game besides the actual game might be the three point contest. I'll just call it like it is. Yeah. At least that part is, um, you know, is actually, you know, is there's a, an input and an output. The problem with the dunk contest, there have been good dunks since Vince Carter, 
The problem is, is the dunks in between. Like you just get so bored with the whole thing because a guy tries 19 times and they're trying to fix it. And I'm telling you, dude, what better? The the NBA is phenomenal at fan engagement, right? They're phenomenal mm-hmm. at it, right? You put some four four kids in there and pay for their college or something like that. If they win, you know, if they win the dunk contest, I mean, it changed people's lives. It makes people, dude. It would create the most incredible engagement sort of initiative that of all time right and you'd get kind of free benefit because some of these guys i mean they're crazy and and who knows if on instagram you're seeing the one that they made right (laughs) but who gives a shit i mean um and the three-point contest is cool because those guys can shoot it starts it stops there is no lull in between um you know dude is only gonna brick so many and when he bricks he's out so um yeah, I mean, and and that kind of leads me to Steph scoring 50 in the actual All-Star game. Granted, your boy, LeBron, uh, took home the buzzer beater and really uh, snatched the rug out from under him. But Steph going for 50, to me, the All-Star game is, in general, in every sport, just whatever, pomp and circumstance. Like, the NBA All-Star game is probably the best one. I think the most competitive one is generally baseball, and they have it all wrong where the winner of the All-Star game gets home field advantage in the World Series. That is just ludicrous. The Pro Bowl, you can forget it. I don't know. Tell me the last time anybody watched a Pro Bowl. Um, hockey's fun because the skills – because nobody knows how to fucking ice skate. So you look at that and you're like, wow, okay. And, but basketball is like you actually do get to see cool stuff. Like that's the dunk contest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, dude, Steph scoring 50 in the All-Star game, I get that there ain't no defense and all that sort of stuff, but – Dude, he is so fun to watch. I mean, just watching him shoot is like art. Yeah, I agree. Sleep and the way he does it is where he shoots a shot and he just turns around. Oh, no dude, look shots. It's cold, man. Incredible. Yeah, I mean that's incredible without a defense. And the impact that Steph's had. I mean, we all know what he's about. Um, yeah, I didn't watch a minute of the All Star game. I'm, I've I didn't never, either. I've never been a big fan of All Star games. All Star games are just terrible. Like I said, yeah. in every sport. I mean, this is what we do here, guys. I didn't really watch any of the Carolina games, not because I, I had to listen to it on the radio. Uh, I didn't see a single live dunk in the dunk contest. Uh, I didn't see a second of the All Star game. So I just give you my opinion on things that that I know nothing about. Really, mm-hmm. To be honest, I didn't play basketball either <laughs> uh, since a sophomore year of high school. At which point I was probably the worst player on the worst team in the state of North Carolina, maybe in the state of, history of the state of North Carolina. Um, but dude, I never punched anybody in the face after the game. And Jawan Howard, dude, I think the guy's losing his mind. So this is my thing, right? I get heat of the moment, competitors. Um, they on, on some level, you know, on one hand, you understand, like, dude, you can't do that. You just can't. On the other hand, you understand, like, dude, you get fired up, things happen. Um, you know, you can't hold people you know you can't crucify them over something like that but i just keep so he's suspended in five games i'm curious to think what people think about whether they should be fired and i'm sure that the pundits are talking about that but dude could you imagine this is how i relate to it could you imagine um izzo roy shashevsky dean um calipari patino think of some of the hot-headed guys right like uh you know, anybody, could you imagine anyone punching the other coach in the face after the game? I mean, and the first thing that I thought of, I was like, well, maybe Bob Knight. And I guess, yeah, you probably could think of Bob Knight doing that. But it's just, dude, how do you lose your cool that much that you let that happen? I mean, what do you think should happen there? 
Sleep, I, I when it first happened, I said five-game suspension. Um, and they gave him a five-game suspension. But in my mind, I honestly think that there should be something that happens to the Wisconsin coach as well. Um, I don't think he should be getting a, a picture in the Catholic Church by any means. Um, <laughs> what it, happened? Explain to us what happened because, again, I'm giving my opinion, and I saw the, the, the five-second clip on SportsCenter. So uh, what, it ha- what happened was after the game was over, well, during the game is a blowout, basically. Late in the game, uh, Michigan was still pressing hard. Uh, Wisconsin called a timeout late in the game, under 15 seconds, I think, and Jawan Howard was not happy about that. Okay, so the game ends during the handshake line after the game. The only handshake line that exists uh, in basketball is in college uh, after the game. I'm not sure if they still do it in high school. But um, anyways, Jawan Howard was going to do a complete blow-by. That's where you just do a quick, quick handshake and keep going. You really, But he decided to say, I'll remember that and shake his hand real quick. Well, the Wisconsin coach uh, decides, like, uh, no, 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 this is why we did blah, blah, blah. Heated, it gets heated, words were exchanged, Jawan was clearly fired up everyone starts to get a little pile they they pull Jawan back and he just reaches over and cold clocks one of the assistants <laughs> and then sleep this is what this uh. is the biggest deal to me then the players start fighting uh-huh. and there were closed fist blows to the face um on both teams mm. and no one talks about that and to me and this is a big deal. The, violence is never the solution. It's never like you got to – at the college level, you have to be an example to your to your team, to mm-hmm. your kids, especially as a head coach. Yeah. And also your Jawan Howard. You know, people have watched you play. You've had a lot of success at basketball. You're going to be a lot of people's idols and, you know, a lot of people look up to you. And for somebody that's had probably a lot of criticism in their career and – had to deal with, you know, disagreements to handle and lash out like that. That was kind of disappointing. And to me, he has a history of this, by the way. This isn't the first incident. I think last year he got into it with another coach as well. And I think it might have been, I don't know, Ohio State. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. He got into it mm-hmm. with somebody last year. And it wasn't pretty. But a five-game suspension, now that I think about it, I honestly think it should be two. Um yeah, and I've looked at the video, and I think I like it. Yeah, I, li- I like the passion that he has, and you know, I think today what we get caught up in is when you say words and you, you know, mm-hmm. you say all these statements to somebody. Um, you know, as a person, first of all, he's doing a complete blow by. You let you just let him keep on going. Mm-hmm. You saw it. Roy Williams doesn't stop people when they do a blow yep. by. Coach K did a blow by whenever Zion. Uh, you know, blew the shoe out, blew yeah. a shoe out. Yeah. Complete blow by. Should have had Jordans on, but Look, yeah. get those you come to UNC. <laughs> well, but. he's got Jays now. Yeah. Um, so he did a complete blow by. Go back and watch that. That's the definition yep. of a blow by. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for the Wisconsin coaching staff to come over there and run their mouth and yeah. just make all these absurd statements and then start talking, you know what? I mean. Violence isn't the answer, but do those do those words and do those actions have consequences? Apparently not. They just hit him with the fine. I think he should be suspended. Okay, and you worry about your own team, Juwan. I think that's a mistake. But you know, I I have a hard time because I think there should be consequences to the Wisconsin team as well. I, I like that point of view because here's the other thing. 
one thing that I sort of appreciate sometimes is people just think they can just mouth off. And you see it in the in the fans' interactions with the players a lot. And then when somebody busts their ass in the mouth, everybody wants to cry about it. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, you thought that you were just untouchable because, you know, you can just say whatever the hell you want and there are no consequences. Again, I think all the things you just said about jo- – I, I like Jawan. I got nothing wrong with Jawan Howard. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything wrong with Michigan basketball. I mean, uh, we won our game against them uh, that mattered. So uh, this year and, you know, 25 years ago, right, sir? <laughs> whatever the hell it was, 23 – 20 years ago. Yep. And, you know, so I, I got no issue with it. And, and um, you know, I, 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 you, I understand and, and agree with what you're saying about he's got, he, you got to be bigger than that. But at a certain point, you also have to be, um, you know, willing to stand up for your players. The thing that I kind of understood, I didn't know the interaction, you know, where they, where he stopped Juwan, but I, I, I could kind of sympathize with Wisconsin basically being like, look, man, it was a blowout. I put my freaking scrubs in the game and you're still full court pressing them, right? So like I get that, fine, but like don't come bitching at me for calling timeout with 15 seconds when you're still full court pressing like you're going to make up a whatever 17 point deficit in 15 seconds. Like my guys were, you know. Mm-hmm. So I you know, again, it's like who's who's more wrong, I think in that situation is is really the outcome. Uh <laughs> makes some great TV, some great shit to talk about. I I agree that it's just a flash in the pan, right? I mean, uh Howard talking shit to people's one thing, Howard hitting people's another, like you can't let that happen again, right? That becomes it. I mean, that became an issue for Bob Knight. He was one of the greatest coaches of all time. You know, it happens a couple times mm-hmm. and he's mouthing off or, or being kind of a dick. Okay, fine. But you start putting your hands on people, you just can't do that, especially now. Nope. So, um, you know, I hope everything shakes out. They all apologize to each other or, you know, publicly. I hope they just call each other and we're like, hey, dude, things happen like that. And that's the other thing is these people are still real. They're still human. Like, dude, yeah. you're going to lose your cool and probably regret that almost instantly when, whenever you calm down and fine, man, I got no issue with it. And uh, the more I think about it, yeah, just let it roll. What so. do you think should happen? Like, what would you, if you were in charge of this scenario, I would tell you right now i would probably give Jawan three game suspension and the wisconsin coach maybe one game suspension but uh i would also i'm not sure what i would do um that's just a thought if you're like the athletic director you think yeah so if i'm the athletic director here's what i do i call up the other athletic director and i'm like look i think this is bullshit on both sides right this shouldn't have happened for your guy shouldn't have for my guy too you know we should have done that to each other Let's do a joint thing. Let's get out in front of this, and let's both come out and say, "Hey, we're going to suspend both of our guys for the same amount of time, and we're going to spend, you know we're going to suspend both of them for three games, two games, one game, whatever." Is basically saying, "Look, this is bigger than our university. This sets an example for everybody." And I think if I'm a, um, you know, from a PR perspective, which let's face it, if you're the AD, that's what you're concerned about. You don't, you don't care that Jawan Howard punched a student in the face. You care about the fallout from it and vice versa. So I think you just get with the other guys and be like, listen, man, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's just basically, um, get out here and, and, and share being at fault. Now, of course, the other guy might be like, well, hell, your guy punched my guy in the face. How are we going to do, you know, but I think, um, I think with cooler heads prevail and you sort of approach it that way, maybe that's just a pipe dream, but that's, I think that I'd at least make that call to the other guy and be like, Hey, look, we're both at fault here. Right. And, and like I said, who's more wrong, you know, we can, we can really look stupid and petty if we try to, 
you know, apologize, but right. Like, which I think is some, some of that is, is what's happening. Basically we just say, listen, like let's jointly take accountability for this. And of course here out the other side, if you think there's something that, you know, I'm missing here, let me know, but you know, no winner's going to come out of it. So we might as well band together and turn a negative into a positive. And that's what I would do. I think it's going to be a positive. I, I tell you this, there won't be a Wisconsin Michigan uh, basketball ticket available yeah, next year. Yeah, you know, you ain't wrong. They dude. just ignited a rivalry. If they, you know, if the game wasn't, uh, if the schools weren't already rivals, I'll tell you right now, that game next year is going to be sold out. And that football games will be sold out too. They'll be chippy, man. The whole universe, the whole thing, man. That, you're right, dude. That creates some bad blood at the universities, which is is fun and when 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 healthy. Uh, yeah, and also, how did the Duke NC rivalry get started? Larry Brown cold clocked a guy, right? Isn't that right? <laughs> Maybe. Back in the know. day. I mean, you'd look at the early days. If I knew that, I'd forgotten. UNC Duke rivalry. I think one of the players cold clocked somebody and there was a big brawl. Um, now, today, times have changed and everyone right. says, oh, t- it's different now. Well, it's not. I mean, it's. It is different. I mean, we've evolved, and there's a lot more platforms, but... Uh, Guys still knock the hell out of each yeah, other. Yeah, hey, people still get emotional, and they still fight. Yeah. I mean, that hasn't changed. We've, I mean, a lot of things in society have progressed, and we have have all these new fancy phones and uh, social media, but people get angry, and people, you know, go at it. Uh, so I, we'll see what happens, Sleep. I mean, we'll see. I mean, honestly, I would have liked to see them both come out and say they handled themselves wrong instead of just put a statement out, I would have liked a video apology and, you know, maybe they do a call, you know, not publicly, but I hope that Jawan or the other coach have, they've had some contact and, right. you know, you know, kind of got over, it. you know, how you are, you know, if you have a brother, you're in a fight with a good friend, you know, in a day you call each other and like, man, that was stupid, man. I'm sorry, bro. And it's just like it never happened. But I seriously doubt this is where that's going to go. But sleep, that's my take. Yeah, you got all these platforms out there now, and all of a sudden you're going to write a letter to everybody. Um, and so I'm with you, man. It's, 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 an interesting, um, it's an interesting you know, dilemma, right? So g- good news is I, I think both programs are established enough that they move on from it and this doesn't become like a stain to their legacy and mm-hmm. their players and that sort of stuff. A um, lot of uh, lot of trade risks. A few things we're going to tap on real quick. I just pulled up this thing on, e- on ESPN about Zion Williamson getting ripped by J.J. Redick for not being a better teammate. That's going to be interesting. I can't wait to read that article. Maybe we'll share that one. Later, uh, <laughs> I have no idea. Just read the headlines, buddy. That one speaks to me. So uh, maybe we'll share that one on Sleephawk Worldwide uh, Instagram. But trade rumors, dude, I'm touch on these real quick because there's a lot of those going on. Um, Anything that you, you you talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers going to to Denver, uh, Washington seems to be really interested in Russell Wilson. I would hate that to be one hundred percent honest with you. I saw a mock draft where Washington traded their pick at eleven to Seattle and about ten thousand other picks for Russell Wilson, and then Seattle would draft Sam Howell, which would just make me nauseous. Because on one hand, I hope Washington drafts. Sam Howell because I, I'm a Washington fan and I love Sam Howell. On the other hand, I hope they damn sure stay away from Sam Howell because that'd be the end of his career. It just is what it is for Washington fans. But I think Washington is is relatively close with a good quarterback. Uh, if they if they were talking about Rodgers, I'd be a little more interested. Is there any trade? I guess this is where I'm going with this because who the hell we're still what fucking forty months away from football. Any trade you want to see in the off season? Um, I can tell you, I'd like to see. Aaron Rodgers uh, go to a contender. I'm not sure how it gets there. Yeah. 
It'd be interesting the Denver situation because it's like, how do they become a? I would uh, Javante Williams' stock would skyrocket with Aaron Rodgers there, which would be cool. Uh, former Tar Heel running back. So um, yeah, I hope that I don't like Russell Wilson. I mean, I think he's he's a good player. Um, I don't like him for Washington. You think he's in his prime? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue with his production, man. I mean, and he hasn't had like super studs. Um, he's a mobile quarterback that has been effective and accurate. He's won a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, and he hasn't had Randy Moss on his team or you know Gronkowski and all these other weapons, right? Like, so I don't personally. I'm not a huge Russell Wilson fan for a number of reasons. Um, but he's he produces, so I think he's a Hall of Famer. So yeah, um, you know I agree with that sleep. But there's one thing I'd like to see happen in the NFL, and I think I'd like to see Mitch get another shot. Trubisky, I think he's more talented than what he got credit for. There's a reason he was you know picked so high, yep. and I really think um, the coach of Chicago, Matt Nagy, yep. uh, Matt Nagy, and yeah. it shows with with how shit they were this year at quarterback. Yeah, I think he really. I really messed him up in a lot of different ways. So I would like to see him go to the Giants and kind of compete with Daniel Jones and maybe, uh, you know, get in there and take his position. Yeah. But I'd like to see him end up somewhere and get some meaningful minutes and play for a coach that actually gives him an opportunity. I will, Finley's literally laying on the floor dreaming right now. That's what she makes that sound. I don't know if you guys heard I've it. never even seen that. Yeah, she dreams, man. She's a, she's a dreamer. Man, Let's see if we can hear it. That's guys. amazing. Oh, now she doesn't want to do it. Oh, yeah. As soon as I say something. Uh, anyway, it's kind of funny. So anyhow, um, yeah, interesting offseason coming in football. Uh, last story, dude, and this is this gets to our uh, our sponsor there, Jimmy's Famous Seafood. So here's 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 a life in the day of Sleep Dog, right? So um, my parents, this is Sunday, okay? I got to – like I do have a real job. So on Monday morning, I got to be up at like out the door at 6 o'clock to drive – 40,000 miles to the western part of the state of North Carolina for a two-hour meeting, and then you got to drive home, right? My parents text me at like noon on Sunday. They're like, hey, we're on the way. My <laughs> parents live like three hours away. I'm like, on the way where? And they're like, we're going we're, we're to stay with you tonight. And I was like, okay. Mind you, I have a two-bedroom apartment, one bedroom of which is the Nest uh, Sleephawk Worldwide Headquarters conglomerate media organization and then the other is my bedroom with one queen size bed and i have a couch right and my mom my dad my aunt are coming and they're like hey we'll be there in three hours because that's how far it would take a normal human being to drive a 180 mile route of course they show up like five hours later and i'm like when my parents come now it's role reversal dude like i gotta cook i gotta make the bed i gotta do all this other stuff they come and they eat all my food they leave all their shit everywhere like it's total shit like they used to get mad at me about when i was a teenager so i'm like dude what the hell am i gonna do well dude john at jimmy's sent us these massive jimmy's famous seafood boxes i mean dude there's enough food in these things for doomsday right and you got one. I thought he 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 hit us up and was like, hey, send us your address. I thought he was going to send us one. Dude, he sent us each one. And, dude. <laughs> dude, I text sleep on Friday. I was like, yo, did you open up Jimmy's uh, package yet? And mine didn't get here till the next day, I think. 
Because I was like, well, damn, maybe they did only send us one. Okay, cool, fine. And then it shows up the next day. First of all, I needed a dolly to get this thing up to the fourth floor <laughs> all the way down the hall to my door, right? And I got no refrigerator space uh, left after all this. So my parents come. I'm like, man, we're going to give this shit a shot, okay? Mm-hmm. So, guys, it all comes. It's all labeled. It's all got these, like, great little promo um, flyers so you understand what everything is and how to cook it and all this stuff. And, yeah, I am. We are. They are a sponsor. I am hawking this shit for them because it's good. I'm big hawking it, as they say. Um, dude, so my parents – so I got four people to feed. My dad could eat seven pizzas, right? And so we cook up four uh, – uh, um, crab cakes. Those things are incredible. Like, crab cakes, I'm just telling the whole time, dude. The yeah. best crab cakes in the, best the world. Best crab cakes Not I've even ever had. close. Not even close. Right? I cook up some stew, like crab soup. Not not the bisque. It's the uh, like tomato-based uh, soup. And then, dude, if you don't like seafood, here's the thing. They also sent us like this pasta with with uh, like tender beef tenderloin in Pasta's it. Pasta's amazing. Incredible. They sent us... Um, some uh, uh, potatoes, like like uh, ground beef and potatoes, incredible. There's mm-hmm. other stuff in there. I don't even know what it is yet because we. I didn't eat all the food. I made the beef and potatoes. I made the tenderloin pasta. I made the soup. I made the um, the crab cake. Dude, it was like 30 minutes. And this stuff's all done. So it's like all these food prep things. They send you uh, like either the ingredients in which <laughs> they think you're fucking Gordon Ramsay. You can cook all this shit and it's going to taste good. Or they send it to you and it's all, it's easy, but it doesn't, it tastes like shit. Cause it's, this is like both dude in literally less than 30 minutes, whatever time I, the only thing I had to do was turn the oven on, wait on it to heat, put a pan in there with four crab cakes in it, a little butter and a couple other, like very, very, believe me, if I can cook it, it is very easy. Put it in there, bell dings, put this shit on a plate and we chow down. And the yeah. best part of all of it is my mom is like, well, where'd you get this food? I was like, well, we got it for Jimmy's Famous Seafood. They sent it to me because they sponsored the podcast. And she's like, she basically thinks I'm Brandon famous now. <laughs> like, damn, dude, you came up. Then she's like, they sent you all this food for free? And I was like, well, yeah, because they're sponsor our podcast. So shout out to those guys. Um, we've been eating like kings off of this stuff, and you've got to check it out. Yeah, I guys, I can't cook a pop tart, but <laughs> listen, <laughs> that I got the package, and I love everything in it, obviously. And uh, I'm really glad Jimmy Seafood is on board. But the crab cakes, I'm not bullshitting, mm-hmm. man. These, this, there's a ton of meat in that thing, and it's not like. Sleep said he put butter in it. I didn't put any butter in mine. Amazing. And the sauce is amazing, but uh, it tells you how to cook it and everything right there. You just open up the package, follow directions, you know, put the oven at this and then just leave it in there. You're good. And uh, it was amazing. Um, Yeah, I'm definitely, uh, (laughs) I put fact checker on it and I'm Uh going to... when her dad, I'm gonna send her dad some man. He he loves crab cakes. He he's on the west coast, but he can't get the uh, they don't do the, the meat. Down. Yeah, he can't get the, he can't get the meat. He gets a little bitty old crab cakes that they fry. Just that's not a crab cake, guys. <laughs> uh-uh. Okay, Jimmy's. It's a man. It's like it got a lot of meat and it's really good. And you know, it's not like little little bitty ass crab cake taking up a big ass plate. You know, this whole thing is... It's a big-ass crab cake taking yeah, up a little-ass It's plate. a meal, so big ass uh, buckle up and check them out for sure. Yeah, dude. Um, these guys really are. Best way you can support us, support them, go to jimmysfamousseafood.com. You can order all kinds of stuff. Like, if you don't like crab cakes, again, they got meal meal prep and all this sort of stuff. So I'm just going to keep ordering this shit, and that way I can tell you a new thing every time because, like, eh, it really is just that good. So anything else you got, Big Hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe.